Hello and welcome to the Marvel Cinema Podcast, a cover positive, positive fan culture. I hate to talk about all things nerdy. I'm your co-host Henry. I am your the co-host Matthew. And this week on the show, we will be discussing the trailers, <laughs> all the trailers that came out over the past, uh, well, last for us last night, but when mm-hmm. we uploaded this, would be about two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the Super Bowl trailers that came out. Um, it's always an event I look forward to. Mm-hmm. Just for the trailers, I never actually have watched a single game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who played. But yeah, it's always... let alone who won. No idea. <laughs> Not a clue. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about. Actually, we were kind of wondering if we could do a whole topic based around it, but I think the amount of trailers and also the the content of the trailers is <laughs> a lot to talk about. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll get to that soon. Um, as always, to mention that we have a podcast. Uh, I always say that. We you do. You always say yeah, you podcast. Know <laughs> <laughs> um, Instagram account at Marvelous Cinema Podcast. Uh, we do reviews during the week and rankings recently. We recently finished our actual uh, uh, MCU phase rankings. We're like ranking Musicies phase. That was um, a woo, by yeah, the way, so not one... a boo. I realise that sounded like a boo. <laughs> uh, so we got through phase one till phase four. Uh, and also we're getting kicked off phase five. Uh, well, yeah, this month, this Friday, so yeah, um, so yeah, that's quite exciting. Um, but yeah, get in contact, give us a like, give us a follow, anything you want, It'd be very helpful. And yeah, thanks. Uh, but yeah, first we start off the the news, the news of the week, Woo, uh, via Matthew, I'm my live reaction. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's a bit of news. There's some wild news stories. Um. Some of them kind of it was more of a more of a roller coaster to them getting disproved more than them actually coming true. But still, I've included them anyway because what a week! <laughs> what a week! So of course there's the Super Bowl trailers, but I won't kind of go through them here because that would defeat the whole purpose of the episode if I did. Yeah, um, kind of. <laughs> so we'll go for that later. So initially, um, not a happy bit of news, but Disney are cutting around seven thousand jobs. This comes after a fall in Disney Plus subscribers coming out of the final quarter of last year, the first time the service has had any such drop. The cuts are part of an attempt to streamline the platform and make it more efficient. Wow. Recently, we've seen um, Netflix's subscriber count fall for, for kind of the first time majorly in their history, but kind of recently we've also seen that stabilise and start to regrow. So I guess they're trying to trying to kind of replicate that. I don't think they've had massive damage to the Disney Plus stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think it's like a major fall. I think someone somewhere it said that it was kind of down to India because the Disney Plus, um, I think they call it Disney Plus Hotstar, they lost the licensing for um, sports coverage, which meant mm. they lost quite a, few, quite a few million subscribers for that, which is kind yeah. of the main contributor. But yeah. They've had a drop for the first time. Um, similarly, big Disney news. CAO Bob Iger has revealed that infamous former CEO of Marvel Entertainment, Ike Perlmutter, was adamant on firing Kevin Feige in 2015. Iger had to intervene to stop it from happening and suggests that Perlmutter still bears a grudge to this day. He wanted to fire Kevin Feige. Yeah, big man, big Kev. At the kind of the heights almost, really, of mm. his career <laughs> in 2015. Right, okay. Yeah. It kind of aligns when... with um, 
the whole Age of Ultron thing. And it's around the time right. that they had the problems because at that point, Marvel Studios still had to answer to Marvel Entertainment. Um, yeah. And then the, there was kind of this disagreement, which we've had very little info on, that led to basically the chain of command skipping out Marvel Entertainment. So the big cave basically mm. just answers to, to Big Bob. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Because, yeah, there was a load of drama around Age of Ultron. Um, Patty Jenkins, about around the time Patty Jenkins left Thor 2 and Edgar Wright left that man. Mm. Um, what a different timeline that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so there is the this kind of leaving kind of the big the big studio. There's been a lot of TV drama. Not necessarily the programmes oh. themselves, but the kind of drama behind them. Um, uh-huh. Have you watched Yellowstone? I, oh, no, I'm thinking about Yellow Jackets. No, I haven't watched Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, I haven't either, by the way. Uh, I don't have Paramount Plus. I'm not. I'm not on that bad bargain. But yeah, so there's been drama coming out of behind the scenes of Paramount Plus as heavyweight drama Yellowstone. Co-creator and prolific screenwriter Taylor Sheridan credited as being the mastermind behind Paramount's Yellowstone-verse, which is currently being continued to the prequel series 1923, um, with another two prequels planned, is reportedly having to contend with scheduling issues with star Kevin Costner. This all comes via deadline, and all this situation has quite escalated. Um, they say, um, the deadline I mean, have said their sources claim the actor, Kevin Costner, who recently received a Golden Globe for his lead performance in the main series of family patriarch John Dutton, apparently wants to, wants to reduce his shooting days to less than a week, an odd request for the series' main protagonist. He originally limited himself to 65 days and then spent 50 on shooting the first half of the current fifth season, which is currently on its mid-season hiatus. It's believed that his reluctance comes due to his commitments to another multi-part western called Horizon, which he is directing and has written with John Baird at Warner Brothers. Sheridan is apparently so frustrated with the actor, as well as the morale problems with the other cast members this is causing, that Paramount are said to be considering ending the series as a result, with the yet-to-be-produced second half of season five being the final instalment. The outcome of this being Sheridan creating another sequel-esque series to carry on its on in its place, with several of Yellowstone's central characters being inherited, which is Deadline's choice of word, as well as another Oscar-winning actor being in talks to take over lead duties. That actor is Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. Um, Paramount are no longer as dependent on the main Yellowstone show's success as they once were, with Sheridan also being responsible for a plethora of other successful shows, including the Yellowstone prequels 1983, or 1883, sorry, and 1923, as well as Jeremy Renner's Mayor of Kingstown and Sly Stallone's Tulsa King. There are another. There are already another two prequels for Yellowstone in the works, one set in the 40s and another set in the 60s, as well as a spin-off of the prequel 1883, based on the true story of the Wild West's first black deputy U.S. Marshal, Bass Reeves. And then there's another completely contemporary espionage series called Lioness, which Sheridan is also writing. Um, all the Paramount Plus 
a very busy man. This all reads like one of those tabloid articles we're used to seeing uh, coming out of Lucasfilm where they credit a really dodgy mm. source. But this is actually being reported by reputable people. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> that was that was wild. That All of that has confused me in so many ways. Because I, Yellowstone, I, I don't really understand it. And that's my fault, I haven't watched it. But <laughs> to the idea that it has so many prequels mm. and then is getting sequels and then the main star of the actual main show um, isn't wanting to do it anymore properly, it's very confusing. And also, I had no idea that was on season five. I assumed yeah. the show was just like getting started. Um, yeah. I've only heard about it recently. Maybe it's only because of the Paramount Plus thing. Mm. Maybe that's why it's got like a more of a global audience now. But yeah, this... That, that's crazy. All of it is crazy to me. I mean, I've seen that poster for uh, 1923, I want to say, mm. with Harrison Ford and uh, Helen Mirren. Yeah. And every time I see it, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and why is it so popular? And yet I've heard no one talk about it in real life. Mm. Um, I got no idea what this is. I, I'm Because of the drama, I might actually just start watching it and just see what it is. Mm. <laughs> just to know. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I far mean, as my way, she's a bloke on a ranch. Yeah, that's all I know. All the forces of there's a guy on a ranch. I think it's, I think there's like some sort of farm war going on. Um, Who knows? The only thing I've ever seen about from it is like a trailer where a bomb gets delivered to an office, and I was like, oh, that's what this show is. I thought it was just farming and like melodrama, mm. but. So did I. As part when I, when I yeah. kind of read this article, I kind of came across a few other things, kind of describing the story and what's happened so far, and I just, mm. I was just confused. <laughs> I thought it was just about corralling horses. Yeah, I just honestly, in my mind, it was like Emmerdale or Nerdy <laughs> in the Wild West. That's all I thought it was, really. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, but no, it's got assassins, hitmen, bombs. One of the main characters becomes the governor of a state. Of a state? Mm. Jesus. Uh, I've seen people compare it to Dallas. Alright, okay. Who knows? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, kind of on the spin-off brigade, um, Paramount aren't the only ones going ham. Uh, Showtime mm. has announced that Dexter will be getting several spin-offs. One will be a prequel oh. focusing on a younger version of the title character Dexter Morgan in a series called Dexter Origins. Um, and a sequel focusing on Dexter's son will follow up to the most recent sequel series, Dexter New Blood. They also intend on exploring the origins of all the other serial killers from the, from the original show, including John Lithgow's popular Trinity Killer. This will be overseen by Dexter showrunner and New Blood creator Clyde Phillips. Um, that is a case of me reading a paragraph and not understanding a single word. <laughs> All I know about Dexter is people loved it. Uh, it ended terribly. Mm. People brought they brought mm. it back last year for a sequel series. People loved it again, and then they hated the ending to that even more. That's all I understand. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it came back and did extremely well, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think right. it's one of them cases where they kind of brought it back, and they must have thought, "Yes, we've done it. Mm. We've saved ourselves. We've redeemed the show." And then just <laughs> did it again. 
<laughs> anyway, um, Showtime will also expand the Billions franchise. Wait until you hear what these are called. So the Billions TV series franchise will be getting four spin-offs. Um, one's called Billions Miami. Another one's called Billions <laughs> London. And right, the other two, right, I shit you not, they are called Millions and Trillions. No. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, anyway, great stuff. Um, I thought Billions was like a one and done. <laughs> so did I. I, I another one I look at and think, they're on, they're on six seasons. Six There seasons. might be more. Let me check. How many, how many do they actually have? Billions. I haven't seen a single poster or trailer for that since 2019. Are you joking? Maybe. Seven seasons? Whoa. Jesus Christ. I heard <sighs> nothing about this. <laughs> well, I know it has um, Aaron Sorkin. Really? Oh, no, no. Andrew Ross Sorkin. Sorry. I saw <laughs> Sorkin and thought, what? <laughs> so they are on... They're, they're next... Wait, what are they on? What are they on? They are on... They've just had the seventh season. Right. All I know about that is that it has the guy... Um, what's he called? Guy from Brand's Band of Brothers. I've forgotten his name. Damien, Damien Lewis? Damien Lewis. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It has him in it. I always get Billions and the other TV show by The Rock. I think it's called Ballers, mixed up. <laughs> I've got no idea what even them are. <laughs> I wish they'd do a crossover. <laughs> anyway. For us. Um, the, the craziest part of this news, I didn't really know what, what, what order to put this in, um, but this is a story that I will happily and proudly tell my grandkids one day. Um, that I witnessed this play out on the internet. So it's related to the Flash, right? Um, it's nothing to do with the trailer, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not encroaching on our main topic. But um, <laughs> so he's doing the rounds, and it was all exacerbated by a tweet from Grace Randolph, um, right. where she claimed the future DCU Batman will cameo at the end of the Flash film. Mm. Um, she then proceeded to claim that she knows who the actor is but that it's a previous Batman actor. Now, right. despite a dodgy track record, this obviously, this this sent the internet into speculation mode. Because mm-hmm. part, as part of her tweet, she, she included three pictures. One of them was of um, Val Kilmer, one of them was of George Clooney, and another one was of Christian Bale. Um, now, the logic kind of stemming off this is that it obviously wouldn't be Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, people laughed away George Clooney. So, for a little while, it was assumed that it'd be Christian Bale. However, someone else on the internet, uh, God knows who, but people took it and ran with it, claimed that they're looking for an older Batman. So, for a good few days, the internet was convinced that George Clooney would be the DCU's Batman. George Clooney? Yeah. I... Here's the thing. (laughs) I wouldn't mind... Not the main DCU Batman being him, but I would not mind at all seeing him have another crack at it. <laughs> I kind of thought the same. I thought, you know what? Go for it. Yeah. I think he'd be a good Bruce Wayne, at least. Yeah. Um, I'm just incredibly grateful to see people consider this as fact. Just yeah. to see people react to I it mean, and minds explode. Um, James Gunn has subsequently clarified and refuted it, saying they are going to cast a new oh. actor. 
Yeah, of course. Um, it makes sense. Why would you? Yeah. But for a few days, it was George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. But also, whenever I hear a story and it's Grace Randolph said something, mm. I just, you know, it's not really a story. It's more <laughs> of a what fun thing happened, you know? Yeah. What does she believe in? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So kind of moving on, coming to the end of the news, um, and Kuti Gatwa has confirmed on Instagram that he will leave Netflix's sex education during the show's latest season, the fourth season, to presumably focus on his new role as the Doctor on Doctor Who. Makes sense. Um, Toy Story 5 is going ahead, as well as a few other animated sequels. Yeah, and that's surprising, isn't it? Yeah. And Sony have announced that Amazon Prime will be getting a Spider-Man noir series. Um, the least oh. I say, the better. <laughs> is it Nicholas Cage? If it is, I'd be happy. <laughs> uh, That'd be better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's them. Um, read of the week, but it's not read of the week. It's an entirely new segment called Sue of the Week. Hmm. Um, and this comes because Mila Kunis was spotted at a cafe with Matt Shankman. Um, people have suggested this means she's been cast at Sue, but in all likelihood, they were just having a coffee. <laughs> Probably just friends, because for all the secrecy that's surrounding this, I heavily doubt that they'd just plonk themselves down al fresco outside a cafe, if it was true. Yeah. I mean, why would you? <laughs> um, but you never know. Um, one last thing um, for the news... Arguably one of the greatest things I've seen come out of an actor's mouth and subsequently be reported. I'm just going to read you the tweet from Discussing Film. Um, Because I just feel like that's the best way of doing this. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a sip of water. Okay, so... Vin Diesel says he relates to why J.R.R. Tolkien stopped writing The Lord of the Rings. He said, and I quote, it's so hard to continue mythologies, no one thinks about it in that context. End quote. What? (laughs) I mean, okay, I'll get to the new, you know, where we we got the trailers for um, later on. But what I do want to say is, Something I love about Vin Diesel and what I think defines those movies as a whole is how serious he takes it. My God, that man called it a mythology. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I just read. I read the first half of that tweet for a good several times. Just he says he relates to why J.R.R. Tolkien stopped writing The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, oh, I love um, it. he also said this week um, that he wants uh, Robert Downey Jr. to join the cast over the Fast franchise. Isn't it a bit too late? <laughs> <Isn't> <laughs> That's it, what I thought. The fan finale is coming up. <laughs> um, oh, I think he's also doing another R- R- Riddick film. Oh, okay. His original <laughs> franchise, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that brings the news to an end. What a final bit of news that was. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just had to share that tweet. It's not really news, but I just had to read it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that. I, really, I love all of that, really. That was confusing, but also so entertaining. News, you know, news on this show should be entertaining, first of all, yeah. I feel. 
and confusing. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I've just seen the tweet that's underneath this one. Yeah. Oh, it's even better. <laughs> I'm going to save it for when we talk about the trailer. All right. Okay. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> that's even better. Well, I, I, I didn't think it'd be possible to top that. My eyes just glanced on it as I was leaving the page. I like anyway, how we're here, so I guess. Anyway, sorry, that's the news over. I guess we're just going to go. Entertainment. Yeah, I was going to go straight into the actual topic today of the trailers. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, it also happens to be first on my list, but it suits uh, the finale to our news. Yeah. We can just talk about the Fast X trailer. <laughs> we can. I, yeah. Strangely, having not really seen many of the films in this franchise, it's probably the trailer mm-hmm. I've rewatched the most. <laughs> Really? <laughs> because I just can't believe it. I love it. I don't so think I love it for is. all the right reasons either. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. This oh. trailer is... Um, to me, it was... I am worried about this film for the obvious behind-the-scenes reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that iconic, amazing video of Vin Diesel with Justin Lin, where it looks like he's taken him hostage, is such a, a great video that makes me laugh every time um but i am worried about this film just in terms of how it's getting made but at the same time this trailer excluding all that made me so happy (laughs) um this trailer just it what i want from a fast and furious trailer is an incredibly serious opening about family and someone getting kidnapped or whatever and then i want the trailer to somehow get to the point two minutes in where a car is taking down a helicopter. Um, there's, I think, a remote control, like, big Indiana Jones-style boulder going through a city. Um, there's a, I think a train gets split in half. There's, like... A, I mean, this trailer, for me, it's it's perfect trailer, really. <laughs> um, I love how serious it is. I love how bonkers it is. Um, but, yeah, for you, what... I mean, for, as a guy who... How many of these films have you seen? Is it like the first couple or is it later for you? I've seen two. <laughs> so I've seen the first one and I've seen Tokyo Drift. So I feel like Ooh, I'm an expert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the early days of the franchise. Yeah. Um I've seen kind of parts. I've kinda of, I've still kind of experienced the cultural relevance of these as they've gone through. Um yeah. I'd have thought coming into this trailer, I kind of, in a way, seeing all the kind of the jokes and the memes about the family aspect, I actually kind of thought that was exaggerated. <laughs> but I've watched this <laughs> oh, trailer no. and I'm thinking, that's not exaggerated. Not at all. They're saying that they've, <laughs> they've said family about 15 times in one trailer, unironically. Yeah. Um, it just looks bonkers. And I think. I think the funny thing is that, like you said, about half the cast seem to be taking it completely seriously, and the other half just seem to be having a laugh. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's kind of Dalman, there's Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez who are taking it so seriously, and then Jason Momoa and Brie Larson show up, who just seem to be there for <laughs> for, for, for just 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 for a bit of fun. Um, mm. I don't know what to make of Jason Momoa as a villain. Um, yeah. I did see somebody observe as well that um, there's kind of like a... 
with these films with like a plethora of very big, very muscular men who used to be villains but are now heroes. Yeah, that is kind of the reoccurring role of the series. Because um, if I remember right, he didn't wasn't wasn't Vin Diesel kind of the antagonist of the first film a bit? In in a way, kind of. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of the the main character is definitely Paul Walker's character, Brian, mm. and the villain. There is a villain, but that's not Vin Diesel, but. Vin Diesel is kind of the, he's the, I guess the anti-hero who's at at the beginning is meant to be the villain, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah. So even at the first movie they were doing, they knew what they were <laughs> the trophies for the entire series. Um, from that, from like going forward from that, you get like Jason Statham goes from villain to hero. Um, mm. Luke Evans, uh, uh, John Cena is probably the <laughs> biggest example. Um, and yeah, and I think wasn't the rock a villain? <laughs> oh yeah, the rock was totally yeah, totally a villain as well. And then kind of came onto their side, and then because of behind the scenes, match or whatever, mm. <laughs> they kind of broke up. Yeah. Um, I, f- I find it funny yeah. that um, the rock's character is probably the only one who's not going to return, and they haven't even killed him off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every character that's died has came back in some form. Um, it's kind of hilarious. I think. I can't remember if this is actually uh, true or not, or if it's heavily rumoured, but I think they are getting the character of um, Gal Gadot's character back yeah. from the dead, who, I'm just going to say, definitely died. Um, more so than even the obvious deaths in the suit. I think Han, for example, he dies. You see him in a fiery records upside-down car, and then it explodes one second after that, so that shot of him inside the car, and yet he somehow got away via a very a very loose explanation <laughs> in the last film I'll go ahead and say mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of just a bit oh yeah it got out in time and it was all a plan ish kind of um, what's yeah. great about that this kind of go I'm just going to go on a bit of a, a rant here actually because it was tangent. what's great about that whole thing is um, there's so many retcons around that one scene that there were now like three separate events <laughs> <laughs> that happened where Han gets apparently killed. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time he gets killed, he's just you know doing a drive and escaping some bad guys, and then he gets hit by a it's a random oncoming vehicle. That's all that happens. Um, and then the re- retcon to that is that um, the film takes place not in 2006 when it got released, but in 2013 um, or somewhere around that time. And uh, the actual person who hit uh, hit him in that car was Jason Statham um, as the villain in the sixth film. Yeah, the sixth film. No, no, the seventh, the seventh film, sorry. And uh, did it on purpose to kind of get Dom's attention. Uh, and then the retcon to that retcon is that <laughs> I think Han knew that he was going to get hit by that car and that it was all planned connected to a character called Mr. Nobody and that he got out of the car by a special agent magic, I don't know, something to do with the MI6. <laughs> um, and that uh, he got out of the car and he had to play dead for like 10 years. Um, so depending on what film you're on, there are three different events and ways of looking at that one scene. And I just find that so, so great. Um, and to kind of continue that trend in this film, they reveal that in the fifth film, whether it was full or vault, uh, that the person that vault was from was Jason Momoa. Yeah, I was going to say, I was um, going to mention that. 
<laughs> which I think is incredible. <laughs> I, I think kind of watching um, this uh, this trailer, given kind of all I said before, which I feel like I've been quite negative about it, um, the retcon kind of came on, and I kind of suspected it was another retcon, and then the helicopters crashed. Uh, I can't deny mm. that when those two things happened, I did feel a little clap inside. Oh, yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel yes, <laughs> this is what I came for. Mm. Never stop. Uh, I, I remember when... Um, when the trailers of the previous people were playing in the cinema, and I was with someone who didn't like them or didn't get it, I would always, like, it would get, like, a bit of a uh, a face of, like, disgust almost when something weird would happen in the trailer. Like, uh, in the previous one, the trailer really heavily showcased Vin Diesel in a car, and I think a rope gets attached to his, his like, the front part of his car, yeah. and it, you know, like, just, like, a big swing <laughs> and just kind of survives and gets out of the rope and all that. Um... And I remember whenever I see people not, not enjoying the ridiculousness, I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> you, don't, you weren't there for the turnaround of the series. Um, it's just, there's so many things I'm so excited for with this movie. Um, I Again, it's one of those things where I, I expect nothing but just a good time at the cinema with a lot of popcorn. Mm. Um, not, I don't expect anything more than that from these films, but at the same time, I'm just, uh, they're so reliably what they are <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah this this other tweet i saw by the way um it's louis Le, Le, louis leterrier i think that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. it the director yeah um louis leterrier on jason Momoa's dante in fast x or fast 10 <clears throat> he's the polar opposite of dom i'm quoting by the way here he's the polar opposite <laughs> of dom he's all color and flamboyance it's the yin and yang, the Christ and the Antichrist, the Antidom. Oh, oh, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> the Christ and the oh Antichrist. The Christ and the Antichrist. Yeah. It's just Momoa and Finn Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. And also, isn't it clear that every villain in this series is the opposite of Dom? <laughs> That's not new. <laughs> Wasn't Luke Evans a thing? Oh my god. He was, yeah. And his whole deal was that um, you don't need family because people are like car parts or something like that. Um, so that was <laughs> that was the whole conflict of the sixth movie. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we have Christ and the Antichrist in Fast X. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, again, mythology, you know? Yeah, <laughs> mythology. Speaking to that J.R.R. Tolkien thing. Um, so yeah, kind of looking at this, um, does this feel like a three hundred million dollar film to you? Um, it feels like it shouldn't be that much. I'll say that. Mm. <laughs> that's. Um, I think it was three hundred. Um, let me let me just check that. Um, oh yeah, three hundred and forty million. Wow. Yeah. That's a risk. And that's just it. Also, as well, I have noticed recently that these films have been on a bit of a. A downward spiral, I think, money wise, mm. since the seventh movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm a bit worried about that, but you know, what what can you do? Yeah, it's um. I suppose because they kind of they they change rather significantly, obviously, from being quite. I don't want to say grounded, but generally being like good old just a bit of drag racing, a bit of street racing, mm. and then they kind of change to being um, bank vaults being pulled by cars and 30-mile-long yeah. runways. 
but they haven't <laughs> necessarily changed again since then. I, I, I don't know. Maybe mm. that's kind yeah. of contributed to how how they maybe haven't continued or maintained the box office kind of kind of run. Maybe yeah. I think the biggest change really going forward is like the family who's been getting just massive. Mm. Um, the point where I, I struggle to see everyone around that single table in the backyard because there's so many people. Um, uh, I, I think the perfect example of that is in the trailer where you get like a few minute trailer or so and you get about a minute and a bit in you're like, oh yeah, this, every character this is the plot, this is what we're doing. And then, you know, Jason Statham just rocks up and you're like, oh yeah, you're in this. You know, and you're pretty, a major part of this now as well. And then John Cena rocks up and you're like, oh yeah, John Cena's part of this now as well. Like, it's it's so big. <laughs> and then Charlize Theron shows up at the end. Oh god, yeah, like she's like the main villain kind of the whole series. Um, and then, and then they keep on announcing that there's new cast members like Brie Larson, Alan Alan mm-hmm. Richson. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Reacher show on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Him. He wasn't in the trailer, but they showed they showed like an image of him, all mm. six foot six of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh. because apparently you can't have too many muscles in these films. No. Everyone's got, everyone's wearing sleeveless t-shirts and just you know, or just tight just ones. working out. Yeah, I mean it's just a. I think what's so great about the series is it's such a macho, uh, self-serious series, but it's so ridiculous, um, and the the constant kind of magnetic thing towards it for me is I can't tell that if they know it or not. Um, <laughs> I definitely know some cast members do. I do not. I don't think for a fact that Vin Diesel knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it depends on who else might not know. <laughs> I think The Rock took it very seriously for a while. Mm. Um, but yeah, just what a <laughs> what a what a series. I'm quite what sad. It's kind of the ending. I'm surprised there isn't been like a the title didn't get revealed as Fast X Part One. You know, mm. is there um, another one? Yeah, it's a yeah. I think there's a two-parter in the works, and I think this is what that is. I think. Okay. But they haven't called it part one, part two, which is confusing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be called Furious X, and that's the the final one. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Maybe that's what they've done. Yeah. Um, just uh, as we were saying, the last Fast and Furious film at the worldwide box office grossed seven hundred and twenty-six million dollars. Um, which is pretty yes, good. Think... It's, it's, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I just think before that, especially it was five, six, and seven. I think they were like billion dollar movies mm. by that point. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think eight and nine, the kind of, I think it has that kind of whole story effect. We are like, don't do another one. You ended it very well. I think people like don't want to go see it. I guess because uh, mm. of that. Um, but yeah, Fast X, so excited. <laughs> what a trailer! Um, so the other, they do we on to one of the other trailers? Yeah, can do. Um, I think I'm just doing it in my list. I don't know why <laughs> I've got my list of things. Um, do you want to go to like I guess the big one for this? Um, we can thing? do. Obviously, you mean Transformers: uh, Rise of the Beasts. Obviously, I do. Um, no, I do not. <laughs> I mean uh, the Flash. Yeah. Um, I well, yeah. What's your opinion on this trailer overall? What were you expecting compared to what you got? I think. <laughs> I'm I'm so thoroughly confused about how I feel. I've never felt this strange about an upcoming film before. Um, 
Mm. Because obviously this kind of this film started production. Did it did it start even before they greenlit the Snyder Cut? I think so. I remember that being around the same time, yeah. So it kind of started when kind of Walter Hamada still had quite a firm grip on these DC films. And them mm. coming coming straight off the back of uh, Josh and Josh Veden's Josh Veden, Josh, Josh Veden's version <laughs> of uh, of Justice League, and then mm. its kind of production spanned the space in between when kind of Walter Hamada lost control, and now it's finishing production, kind of in the middle of, or right at the start of the Gun Saffron era, so it's yeah. felt like there's kind of been three purposes pushed on this film kind of initially yeah. it was meant to be a universe reset to help dc kind of just basically start again with whatever they were doing with the other films um basically just just to get get the snyder films behind them then it kind of just yeah. became its own thing where nobody really knew what was happening and nobody was in charge and now it's kind of becoming a universe reset again for kind of gun and saffron and they're talking it up um and kind of the films that this film was meant to set up, kind of stuff like like Batgirl and the new Supergirl, um, mm. aren't happening anymore. There's all sorts of rumors yeah. about who's been cut and who's been included in the film. Um, and then the kind of trailer comes out, and there are parts of it that I really liked. <laughs> it's a film that yeah, I feel like a lot <laughs> of the discourse has told me I should be hating, and. Yeah, some of the yeah. some of the grievances they have against the film, I do kind of agree with. Yet this kind of comes out, and there are certain parts of it where I'm thinking, maybe they know what they're doing. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie, I got a kick when the Danny Elfman Batman score came on. Yeah, I was definitely. loving it. I'm so happy to see Michael <laughs> Keaton back. Yeah, when he says he's Batman, I'm in. I'm all in. Even even Ben I... Affleck looks looks like he's. Enjoying his brief scenes, Batman. Yeah, I I think that's what's kind of getting across to me is that everyone looks like they're enjoying it, which is not what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, General Zod's back. Don't know what's going on there. But, yeah. I mean, Crazy. I I was kind of confused initially when it was first hinted at that, that was happening. Yeah, I I think that the trailer does a good job of making sense of it. I yeah. kind of I yeah. kind of like what they're going for. Mm. With the whole um, kind of he's messed with time, and now there's no heroes to stop like the original when the original big bad came for them, and yeah. all of a sudden, in order to repair it, he's kind of forced to build his own team. Um, mm. And I I, I kind of like that, and I think that the older Batman that they've got in, and then this kind of younger younger Supergirl, I feel like that could work really well, and obviously an alternate version of himself. It's not like yeah. a massive team. It feels like it's kind of like a smaller team. You're kind of messing with kind of the big two of the, the DC properties in terms of this, the Batman idea and the, the Superman kind of idea. Yet they're kind of playing with that a little bit and it's not kind of the Batman or it's not the Superman. It's a much older Batman, who people love, by the way. Again, I'm not going to shut up about this. Michael Keaton might be one of my favourite my favorite Batman. Um, and then kind of have a bit, a bit of a different spin on kind of the Superman idea by having by having a version of Supergirl in there. And so, yeah, yeah I think it could. I'm saying it could really work. 
yeah, I think that's what came across to me is like I was watching it and I could see where more than anything else, I could see the the immortal arc that might take place. Yeah. Um, more so than just the complicated what's happening multiverse shenanigans. Mm. Um, I think the trailer opens really well, and I think that kind of it, it allowed me to enjoy the rest of it. I think having the Barry Allen kind of trying to save his mother from dying, and the kind of um, what could happen because of that, and I think going forward mm-hmm. from that, having that kind of tie, that emotional pull, um, helped me kind of accept that I'm watching a lot of stuff happen at once. <laughs> um, and I was, I think for me as well, I, I was kind of fascinated, weirdly enough, mostly by Zod reappearing, mm. um, because I, I remember hearing about it kind of that it was a rumor or it's been like, like a leaked script. Um, and Zod got mentioned in that. And I kind of decided to kind of stay away from it because I want to just kind of experience whatever it was going to be and to see, what, see, see it for itself and not, you know, what everyone's just, you know, shouting about. <laughs> um, so I, seeing him pop up and he's in that armor and he's in that spaceship and there, I believe they're actually, that spaceship is on the kind of the land where uh, Henry Cavill's Clark meets them for the first time. Mm. And, um, I was just like, this is weirdly, I like this a lot, actually. I I like Snyder, the Snyder films getting some sort of reverence, I guess, in terms mm. of referential uh, sort of thing. Um, I like that Zod might get just more to do. I don't know, maybe just get more of a villainous role again. Um, he, I think in terms of the DCEU, he's definitely up there as my favorite, I think, out of all the villains that uh, appeared in that kind of run. Mm-hmm. Um I think the performance is so good, and I hope it gets a chance to do it again, really, and not just kind of, you know, just pop up for one or two scenes. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's it looks, and I think visually as well, it, it looks really good. Um, I was quite surprised by the amount of shots that were like, oh, this looks like a really like good looking film, mm. um, and not just you know get Michael Keaton in front of a green screen and just you know have him say a line or two, or you know, I was really I was worried about that, but I think. There are certain things in the trailer that they think, oh, this, this feels like the directors have had the time to have a lot of care and attention put, put onto it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm, this is one of those when I'm definitely, I'm definitely cautiously kind of like, mm. this could be something. I'm not going to say it's going to be something, but it could be something. Um, like, I, I think I remember and, like before there's quite a lot of said about it, but what do you think about kind of the idea of Andy Muschietti handling this? Oh, yeah, I, I like him. I think I always thought he was a good choice. I just think whenever you mix, mix, whenever you mix uh, a big genre, action, sci-fi, whatever, with a really strong horror director, mm. I think you often get really good results. Um, I think he's a very strong voice, and I think he... I think from what I've heard from him in interviews or in just, like, general statements, um, I do think he understands that this story needs to constantly be grounded in the actual arc of Barry. Mm. Um, I think he'll keep that in mind. I think the trailer promises that as well. Um, and I do as well. And I also just think he's, as from what we've seen, I think the action looks really quite well directed as well. Mm. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, I think for me, I don't know for you, but it was kind of bizarre after Michael Keyes says I'm Batman and then having, <laughs> having him do like... <laughs> Things that I know he could not do in 1991, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> um, 
I think it's it's very satisfying to watch and I think it will work well, but definitely going to take a bit of time to realise that, oh yeah, he can now move his head probably a bit more and it'll it's still him. It's not, mm. you know, um, I think this film's iconic about his take on Batman and also that world that he was in. Mm. Um, I'm just fascinated to see. Well, yeah, because I, I guess we, have, we do have to go to the Burton universe. I wonder if they'll even attempt to do Burton's Gotham. Because mm, um, um, you can you see the Batcave, and I think it's meant to be his Batcave yeah. because the kind of the Batmobile under the under the drape is his is mm. definitely his Batmobile. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely. no way you can you can kind of argue that it isn't. It's got that different, that very iconic shape to it. Um, mm. So yeah, it is interesting whether they will attempt to recreate kind of the, the visual style of that Gotham because it's not it's not something that could easily fit with any other version of kind of the DC universe it's very it's, yeah, much it's like a of, almost like a like a 60s kind of or maybe even earlier like a black and white cabinet of Cal, Dr. Caligari kind of <laughs> painted backdrop mm. so yeah it's it's so like um gothic and it's so like mm. just I think the quote I remember hearing from the like from the production designer was like it was like hell dropping beneath the ground mm. and like just and like one city on earth and like that's that is what it looks like, really. It's um, there's one show in particular in the first Batman movie with uh, Michael Keaton where the the bat plane kind of goes across the skyline, and you can see the city in the background, but it's night, or not also, but also like it's so dark that you can just barely see the silhouette of the city, and the city is so tall and like close together, like every tall building is for some reason put right next to each other, <laughs> and. This, it looks insane to look at like that sort of point of view, um, and I think when you compare that to any Gotham, really, aside from I, I would say Matt Reeves' Gotham, uh, it's just night and day in terms of like the way they approached it. Um, it's very much Chicago <laughs> in the <laughs> Nolan films, mm-hmm. and definitely that as well, kind of in the, the Snyder films too. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating, and I think I can't wait to. I just can't wait to see how they handle <laughs> being introducing new universes and going back to old ones, and then mm. at the end of it, having it very, be very clear that they're doing a reboot that actually will be in effect from now on. Because um, yeah. as as we, I, I mean, obviously we know that this film is going to be a reboot and all that, but I do wonder, like, going with my parents or friends that don't really know what's going on, if by the end of that movie they'll understand that that's what the movie's kind of purpose was on a macro scale. Mm. Um, I'm hoping they get that across well. Because <laughs> um, DC needs a clear <laughs> stop. Yeah, it's it's still, you can't get away from the fact that it's coming at a really strange time. Mm. Yeah, and it, 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 It's a film that you kind of feel like you shouldn't be looking beyond. But kind of given everything that's been announced kind of by James Gunn and for the future, it kind of feels impossible not to. Yeah. It's kind of impossible not to think about what comes after and what it's setting up, Mm. which it feels like a story of this scale. You you should be able to focus on the film itself. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, Yeah. I think it's, I think the whole thing, like that's what you said there, like having a weird film where it feels like, I think a perfect comparison really is this feels like a DC-esque version of No Way Home or even an endgame. Mm. Um, it feels like a big event 
as well as a big story about uh, a character trying to save people from his life. Um, I hope that they do as good as, as No Way Home did that as uh, with that and Endgame, but it's kind of, I think it's very indicative of DC's state where when you thought about No Way Home and Endgame, we weren't really looking too far forward after that. We were just looking forward to a big climactic ending of sorts. Um, but with this film, we're looking forward to a big climactic beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, which is really strange to say, like a big climactic beginning that I guess is an ending to a universe that we didn't really get that much time in. Mm. Um, and as well, we're seeing probably, you know, I'm going to assume that we're saying goodbye to this version of Barry Allen mm. in his first movie, um, which is strange. And I think, yeah, I think the whole movie and this whole trailer kind of sums up DC's state of uh, whether, you know, we're seeing what sticks. <laughs> um, and this trailer, a lot for me, uh, generally does stick landing, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, for you, at which part, of everything that's coming out in this movie with like Batman, uh, Kara, is that her name? Kara mm. L, I'm going to assume. Of um, everything that's in this movie, like what for you was like the most um, kind of like, I, I really want to see what this is, <laughs> you know, like what happens with this. I think I'm very interested to see how they use this version of Batman because obviously the, the idea of bringing characters back that we kind of know and that an audience has a pre-established love for it's kind of got a heavy precedent in terms of bringing it back to kind of please the crowd. But I think bringing Michael Keaton back is such an oddly specific and oddly historic thing to return to that I can't I can't see it just being done for fan service, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. It's just so yeah. oddly specific that it feels like they have a very distinct purpose to it. Mm. And I, I really want to know what that is and what kind of role he's going to play. Um, I've heard very little about kind of this Supergirl and, and Kara and what kind of role she's going to play. So I'm very interested to see kind of how she does. And I hope that, again, I, I don't want to kind of look beyond, but I kind of hope that this film, she is given a chance to maybe continue in that role beyond it. Mm. Yeah. Um, with the kind of newer one announced and was not really knowing how that's going to pan out. But yeah, I think those two characters, again, they are they they don't feel like characters that have just been thrown in for the sake of an ensemble. Like I think yeah. um, coming off the back of Black Adam, where there are several members uh, that are kind of as part in that film of the Justice Society that mm. kind of just feel like, oh, that character's fun, we'll use them. Characters yeah. like um, Atom, and I can't remember what the other one's called. I'm very sorry. Um, Doctor Fate. <laughs> the, the Doctor Fate, Hawkman. I want to say Songbird, but I think that's completely wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I couldn't tell you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, those, those two younger members, they kind of just feel like they've been thrown in because they thought those characters were cool, and maybe because they're part of that team in the comics, so they feel like they should include them. Um, yeah. Yet coming into this, and there's kind of they're building kind of an ensemble, but it's not it's not like a full team up, if you know what I mean. Because ultimately, yeah. there's only actually two other kind of superheroes that they're adding uh, in addition to two versions of Barry. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just they just feel really specific, and they don't just feel like they've been thrown in there because they thought 
oh, it's fun to do that, and because they feel obligated to to maybe a comment that doesn't necessarily fit with the story they're doing. Because I think there's two sides yeah. to the whole debate of they're not going for the exact Flashpoint story from the comics, because this isn't the Flashpoint story from the comics. It's very different. And yeah. I've kind of talked before about how I feel like it's a bit of a missed opportunity to not you know, use Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen as that version yeah. of, of, of Batman from the Flashpoint comics. But at the same time, kind of approaching it this way kind of feels like they're not going to include things because they feel obligated to. They're not going to include things yeah. with the justification of, well, it's in the comics, so we feel like we have to put it in. I suppose yeah. the benefit of deviating as much as they have is that you get the impression this is their story and it's something that they actually want to tell. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of their own purpose behind it. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see how those two very specific kind of versions of those characters in Supergirl... Um, I'd like to say, you know, I've said Superman is kind of that placeholder. And I'm aware she's not Superman. <laughs> they are two very different characters. Um, mm. But yeah, to see how those two very specific versions of these characters play into this film is really interesting. I think, <coughs> yeah. What about you? What about any specific aspects that you are looking forward to from this trailer? I think for me it's um, kind of the weird thing where I'm excited for the, I guess, the Barry Allen part of the whole thing. Mm. Um, I'm just interested in seeing that character actually given a chance to do anything. Really, I think he's, I think he's given a good start with the Snyder cut. Mm. I think he's given some weird jokes in the other cut. <laughs> um, I quite like his little cameo in Suicide Squad, where mm. he kind of shows up like a bit. Um, but for a character that feels so major and so important and so kind of his powers decide how the multiverse works. It's it's a lot of pressure that this is the movie that, you know, is his movie for the first time. Um, and it's fascinating to see how that works out when the, the movie is also, you know, the first Batman really in movie form <laughs> and a completely new uh, super, Superwoman uh, character and probably more as well. Um I think as well, like, I think one look forward to as well is to see if characters that we didn't expect to interact will interact. I'm thinking more about Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton mm. and how weird that would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, because technically they're, technically they're both playing like all the broken down, you know, Batman or whatever. Mm. But there's definitely a feeling, I think, and I think it's important as well that they've chosen Michael Keaton to come back because it feels like they're going as far back as they can. Like, mm. if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, they go further back, you can't really do, you can't really get uh, the Donna, the Donna Hello? news to come back in some way. And, oh, am I here? Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Sorry. Okay. carry on. Right. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can't really go further back than the Burton movies. It's like going back and bringing someone back from that era. Um, mm. So it's kind of a weird mixture of we're going back in time so far back that it's like your dad's or even your, maybe your granddad's uh, superhero movie was the Batman um, and then we're bringing in a completely new character who originally was there to uh, kickstart a Superwoman sort of TV show or movie franchise uh, thing um, yeah and I think I still hope for that as well like you said I think I, I still hope that Superwoman character her casting gets some sort of play in the future 
I remember her being very excited about it, and mm, I can't help but yeah. feel terrible that um, it's kind of not panning out that way. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a video, yeah. isn't there, of Andy Mouchet telling her that she's got it. Yeah, and it's very heartwarming and very endearing. And then, you know, as excited as, excited as, excited as I am for the new Super Bowl movie by James Gunn um, in that kind of uh, split, um, when I did hear it, my, my heart did go a bit, oh, it's probably not her, is it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and she's hearing this now for the first time, probably, because DC aren't great at communication. <laughs> um, so, yeah, mixed feelings. But overall, yeah, I think the trailer is weirdly very good and I didn't I wasn't expecting very good I was expecting okay hopefully <laughs> um, yeah I think that's kind of my thoughts summed up on it <laughs> yeah I think that's a fair point it's just a strange one to know how to feel when you hear or see anything from this <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I think it, it I think I classify it as a pleasant surprise mm, yeah a pleasant surprise that weirdly was I would say the, the big trailer of the whole kind of thing yeah um, I wasn't expecting yeah yeah um would you like to move on to the next trailer yeah do you want to um anyone that you want to talk about or I guess the kind of other big one to kind of mention for me would be the was we got another trailer for the Guardians volume three mm. yeah uh, to kind of jumping ship over to something that's also James Gunn related <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah we, we kind of had another trailer which seems to it digs a bit more into the kind of the villain of the film or who we're expecting to be the villain of the film, um, the mm. high evolutionary. I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. Um, I I was happy with the previous trailer. And I thought the previous trailer did a good job, but I think that this is the trailer that really got it. Yeah. I thought it was a really well done kind of snapshot of what to expect from this film. I mean, I say that having not seen it, it mm. could be complete nonsense. But I feel like it, it it gives a good indicator of of where to be, and I feel suitably prepared for what will ultimately be something that I don't think I'll be able to prepare for. Because <laughs> um, this 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 kind of trailer does does heavily tease that certain members of the team aren't going to make it out. Yeah, um, and I think that's kind of the perfect place to be. Mm. I think it does a good job of kind of setting that up. Um, what was the feeling you got from it? Um, I totally agree with that. I think the first trailer did a very good job, but I think this trailer kind of really likes to look by this is going to be a movie that I am very excited for no matter what. Um, mm. I, I think it just... And also I think it hit the mark more in terms of like what you would expect from a Guardians trailer. Mm, yeah. um, the first trailer was very... Um, a trailer that kind of leaned more towards was the feeling of this is the, the trilogy ending movie sort of thing mm. um and i think this one lead more into had that too but it also had the kind of element of a i remember the the guardians 2 trailer for example was very energetic and very kind of happy i would say mm. overall um so i'm kind of liking this contrast where the third one is kind of bringing it back home i guess um so i think yeah i'm very excited i think as well i like the I just like what how the film looks. I think the action in particular, especially with, uh, near the end of the trailer, looks very good. Um, and I think as well as I quite enjoy the idea that these characters are now at the point in their lives where they're just like they're just best friends, <laughs> um, and it's not even like it's not even a question anymore. I think it's so kind of lovely to see that because uh, when you compare it to the first film, for example, um, 
and they're wearing like matching uniforms now. <laughs> mm. um, like, um, but yeah, I think this it promises to be a, a film that has stakes to it. Um, I think it's interesting, and I think something that Marvel sometimes doesn't do. And I think when they when they promote their films, can lean a bit too much into it's a it's a fun romp with that character you like, and like, eh, do you have to see it then? <laughs> um, so I think this film. It's really like kind of gets across the idea that this is a this is an ending. I feel like even if you mm. didn't know this was going to be the final one for James Gunn, at least, um, you can't help but feel that yeah, this is an ending of the ending of the era, I guess. Mm. Um, for you, who would you say is number one to die? <laughs> um, I think the major feeling is it's going to be Rocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm feeling a bit. Conflicted on on Quill. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Because yeah. I think this trailer does heavily suggest that it's going to be him. Yeah, the but, final shot I think is him being carried away. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't would would they would they kind of with kind of part of the story evidently being focused on kind of him and Gamora. Would they would they end it that way? Would they kill him off and leave Gamora alive, and not kind of have the resolution to that story that everybody's kind of expecting? I think it'd be a brave choice, but I think it's one that could work. Yeah. Um, I feel like Drax is a is a almost certainty. <laughs> almost certain, yeah, definitely. Um, mainly because I think Dave Batista wouldn't want to leave it up to chance. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I I get a similar feeling off Dave Batista towards these films as Harrison Ford gives towards Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like they're kind of the the main ones, maybe. Mm. Um, what about you? Um, I think yeah. I think for me, weirdly, I think the obvious ones are Drax and uh, uh, Rocket. Mm. But yeah, this kind of was definitely leaning more towards Quill. Mm. Yeah, um, and I am wondering as well about what are they hiding? What shots are they changing? Yeah, or can legally do that? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating. Like this film is, it's uh, exciting. It's a fun trailer, but it's the promise at the centre is that someone will die. Mm. <laughs> it's weirdly kind of what odd to watch it that way. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, think, I, feel like, I feel like they've they've got the music absolutely spot on for both these trailers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it, it works so oddly well in terms of... Um, it's both, like, you know, break the chain from the previous one or something like that, but it's also quite melancholy and it feels mm. appropriately like... And as well, like, this, this thing with the, the title, like, the, the font is... I think the last one had blue and red and gold, and this one is just black and gold. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think it's, you know, if you put those next to each other, I think this signals, like, the end of an era. Um, and, yeah, I think... I will say that I am... I have a feeling that it might... I think the villain will do very well, the main villain, but I, I'm wondering how Adam Warlock fits into this at all, really. I was um, about to ask that, Yeah. Yeah. He he's feels kind of in a... the trailer. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Whenever I see him, I'm just a bit like, I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm kind of. Oh, there's a film right. It's right on the edge of my grasp. <laughs> oh, what film is it? I can't remember what the film is. Anyway, it, it might be a Marvel film. I can't remember. But I seem to remember this kind of. Yes. No. No. It's the. It, it, it's the second Guardians film. So. Oh, right. Kind of, you know, in the second Guardians film, they reach um, Ego, 
and mm-hmm. kind of almost out of the blue, like Nebula kind of shows up to try and destroy them or yeah. come after Gamora. And obviously she, she kind of features in the beginning, but she kind of feels a bit detached from the main story. Yeah. Um, I kind of get a similar feeling, but just a bit bigger, if you know what I mean. <laughs> because yeah. she does feel, she it, Warlock does feel detached from the whole story with the high evolution that's going on. And just very, that whole thing that where Adam Warlock kind of began with that gold, with those gold people, that feels yeah. like a very long time ago. It does, yeah. <laughs> um, I think for us it's seven years maybe. Yeah, um, six, seven, yeah. But then if the MCU is kind of maintaining its current kind of timeline, I think it's probably about ten for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really strange because he, I think he only shows up once in the first trailer, but in this one he's in it quite a bit. There seems to be yeah. quite an extended fight sequence where he's going after everybody. Yeah, and I think they're really pitting against um, him against Drax mm. in the trailer. Um, kind of a, a few shots here and there where them two are kind of at, you know, yeah. going out uh, to try and kill each other. Um, I'm wondering if the way Drax dies is by Adam Warlock. Um, mm. Which will be interesting. Because I can't really tell. Is Adam Warlock a hero or a villain or like a hero and villain or I can't I don't actually know. <laughs> well, I I think I think in the comics he is more of a traditional hero as far as I'm aware. Um, right. But I'm pretty sure James Gunn came out and said something along the lines of he's kind of someone who thinks he's a hero but really isn't in the film. Because um, right. okay. James Gunn also seemed to kind of hint that he wanted he wanted to use the character in a way that suited this film, but also kind of left him open to what Marvel might want to use him for in the future. I don't necessarily think it was a case of them telling him to include him. I think it was just a case of he didn't want to kind of present him in a way that eliminated further possibilities to maybe align further with the comics. But he does certainly seem like more of a villain in the trailer. Yeah. Because there seems to be a scene where he's kind of destroying quite a suburban area which yeah. looks like yeah. the area they arrive in at the start of the first trailer. Yeah, which I, I have a feeling is where the film might, for the most part, end. Mm. Um, you kind of feel like they're protecting a small town almost from the end of the world. Yeah. It's um, kind of similar to the first one, I guess. Um, yeah, so I think that's what... I do, Yeah, I think these what all three of these films do that really well. So I think when they get to the third act, when they put something into threat, they really kind of highlight who's in threat um, and what area is under attack, um, rather than just mm. saying the world is under attack. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, so I think that could be how this goes. Um, I have a feeling that Adam Warlock might, at the very end, in that battle, have a cheer to heart. <laughs> um, just for the sake of, you know, the comics and how, how that goes. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think this trailer as well, it kind of it alludes to some new kind of character dynamics. I think Peter Quill and Nebula being friends is quite a new thing. Mm. Um, it's quite to see. I think you know, I think I think everyone just seems a bit closer together as well. Um, and I like the idea that they own nowhere from this first film now. Yeah, um, that's a pretty neat <laughs> aspect to add. Yeah, it's like the idea that they have a whole business in an entire planet. Um, mm. And that, 
I also like the idea that Quill, a very, you know, a very, a kind of a, a boyish hero who likes the idea of shooting and whatever, is probably dealing with taxes and all that with the running a planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. I quite enjoy that. <laughs> I think coming off the back of that holiday special as well, I really enjoy kind of the evolution that these characters have gone on in that they really are kind of a bunch of idiot renegades at the start. Whereas mm. now they act, they actually feel like deserving heroes. Yeah. Like they actually, yeah. with some of the stuff they do and like what they're doing with Nowhere and that kind of thing, they actually seem like good people now. <laughs> mm. They feel like they've settled down a bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of an excellent point to bring this final film or this third film in. Because mm. it's, almost like, it's have... almost like now, in terms of the wider galaxy, it does now feel like they have a similar kind of reputation that the Avengers had. Yeah. Kind of on that yeah. Earth, on Marvel's Earth. Mm. I think as well, the having it'll be a great kind of contrast to have them doing, you know, kind of being the way that they are, and then having Gamora from the first film essentially mm, yeah. uh, being kind of stuck in that kind of era of her character, um, which you kind of forget about. Because whenever I do watch the first Guardians, I'm always like, oh yeah, these characters when you first meet them, they're so different and mm. so not shallow, but like so like just you know the bare components of what they end up being. Mm. Um, it's kind of fascinating to see what that they'll do with that then. Um, I also quite like the idea that they might be in some ways calling back to the first film by doing a prison break scene. Um, mm. I think that could be quite cute because I think the prison, the whole kind of prison and the element to the first film is I think quite iconic mm. um, and them escaping. Um, so I think kind of recreating that almost but with this new de- new kind of dyna- dynamics and then kind of trying to get Gamora the person who's essentially from the first film to come along with them is kind of a, a really kind of strong idea I think it works out well hmm. um, yeah so I think I think this film's going to be very sad I think that's kind of going to be the overriding thing um, you know the second film ends on Rocket, Rocket Raccoon crying so I think you know you can expect something yeah. similar here. <laughs> we're, going for, we're, we're trying to better that, so we're going big. It also helps that we, you do kind of feel oh, like James Gunn is kind of at the height of his power going into this. Mm. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. like, he's at the height of his power in both realms, <laughs> yeah, really, is. isn't he? <laughs> at this moment of time, he is key to both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm very... I'm both very excited and very, very kind of... I'm tensing up. <laughs> I mm, feel like I'm preparing. Yeah. I'm stocking up. I'm those... Stocking up on the old tear ducts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was one of those films where going to the cinema, you feel very excited, but at the same time, you kind of like, oh, it's going to be a different day after. It's going to be like when I get out of the cinema, it's going to be a different day. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, are there any other trailers you wanted to mention? Um, I think for me, yeah, a highlight for me was definitely the. Uh, it was a brief trailer, but it was the trailer for mm, Indiana yeah. Jones Five. Um, it was more of a TV spot, really. But I, I think I just wanted to kind of comment on the fact that um, when I watched this on on YouTube after it came out, um, I I loved this theme tune and this, this music so much that it made me smile so much that I totally blanked out and didn't actually watch <laughs> the trailer. I just sort of gleefully sang mm. the music to myself and then realized that the trailer was over. Um, so I think you know 
I think this movie has a good chance of making me happy just by being mm. what it is. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if we ever really talked about the trailer, trailer that much, but I think just in general, I'm very excited for this movie. I think it has a chance of being a very, a very strong, like, finishing movie for the whole franchise, mm. really. Um, and I love the inclusion of a, a Nazi or whatever, Matt Nicholson. I think something about that casting and him being some sort of Nazi scientist that just, mm. that just works. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it just kind of just makes sense in a weird way. And I think he has a chance of being a very iconic mm-hmm. villain. Um, I love Harrison Ford just saying the word Nazi and just saying what's going to discuss. Yeah, that, that line delivered is <laughs> perfect. It. Yeah. <laughs> I think my memory is fuzzy he's still a Nazi <laughs> um, yeah I think I'm quite excited as well because the, the kind of theme I feel like we've yet to get like a full trailer in the sense that we know what mm. the plot is really um, I think as well that they're kind of downplaying so far the Phoebe Waller-Bridge kind of aspect mm. of, the, of the whole thing um, so it was nice to see her get a line at the end there and kind of see what that might be between them two. Um, so I think, yeah, overall, I think both the actual main trailer that came out a while ago and also this kind of TV spot, I just, I'm just very excited. And just, I am also curious about how much this film's going to be young in the end, or how much this film's going to be nowadays in the end. Because the, the um, initial trailer seemed to suggest to that it was just the one scene, but this one maybe suggested it was more. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a mix of like there's a Rain fight scene. Um, there's also a few other shots that look like they're at different locations. So um, yeah, it's hard to tell where you know how much of this film is going to be split between the two. Um, but I will say, however, that the, the CGI on that face is incredible. Mm, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of it's this kind of it's. I know it should freak me out, but I think it might in the cinema every so often. But so far in these trailers, I think it's been very convincing um so yeah i'm i'm excited um of course with any new indiana jones movie you can't help but be a bit <laughs> um after the after the, the fourth one um kind of this, this edge of uh, i don't want to get too excited though because it might just be pretty good it might just be a pirates caribbean mm. five you know um so you know i'm holding out hope but we'll see um for you how do you feel about both the trailer and the uh, series. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it feels more... Strange to say this, but it feels more expansive, maybe, than the previous film was. Like, I... Mm, yeah. It's difficult to describe. I don't really have any specific examples to kind of better explain how I feel, but the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull felt little restricted. Um, whereas I do feel like this one, we're bringing back some of the older characters, it feels more like the bigger scope of Indiana Jones. I feel like it feels, without even having really dug into like, the plot of it, it feels like it's quite an expansive adventure film, which is kind of what the Indiana Jones films kind of thrive on. And I think the aspect of looking back to the past does kind of help with kind of how old the character is. No disrespect intended. Um, but I feel like it also fits with everything we've we've heard coming out of it, of it being kind of like a hero. A hero at sunset is the line that James Mangold used. Um, kind of looking back yeah. to the past while also having kind of this this adventure in the in the very much in the present. 
Um, in the best possible way, I think it's great to see the Nazis again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like it felt... For me, strangely, I think this film... Struggle, this kind of franchise struggles whenever they're not the villains for some reason. Like I know, I know there's yeah. a lot of love for Temple of Doom, but I feel like on the villain department, it they don't feel as evil as the Nazis do. Yeah, and it feels a bit like they come out of nowhere. I think as well the the Russians in the fourth film, hmm. um, it's kind of like the same thing, but a different yeah. coat of paint. Um, but I just don't feel like the performance or even just the character on the page of the main villain. Um, by Kate Blanchett, I forget what the actual name is the character, but um, they don't have that much mm. presence, I think, um, to the point where when they show up, I, I, I didn't really feel, in the fourth film especially, that, you know, this is the big bad to be worried about. I just kind of thought, oh, this is an annoyance, you know, it's mm. in the way, sort of thing. Um, whereas the, fir- the first and the, the third film, there's um, definitely parts of the second film that works. Um, uh, I think they have a lot more. You feel a genuine mm. threat from them, and I think Mads Mikkelsen has he has that aura of threat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I believe, you know, I believe this guy can actually have an quite an opposing kind of nature about him in this movie. Yeah, I think, I think it just it feels as well as as well as kind of the villains in themselves. It feels like if you are going to go out on the Indiana Jones franchise, it feels like the villain to go out on. Because of how linked yeah, to the previous definitely. films yeah. they are. Um, I mean, every other image of Indiana Jones is him yeah. punching a Nazi. So, you know, yeah. can't avoid um, it. <laughs> and I think that's one of the one of the de- one of the things that kind of helps me to kind of look at the details and think they kind of know what they're doing. If you know what I mean. I think it, mm. it's very difficult yeah. because you know the last film had kind of everything going in its favour with it being. Steven Spielberg, um, kind of the original cast coming back for it. Um, so it's kind of difficult, like you said, to know. You don't want to get your hopes too high. But I think it's the little things in these trailers and what we've heard. Stuff like knowing that the Nazis are coming back. Kind of seeing how excited Harrison Ford actually is for this. They're all mm. kind of little things yeah. that make me feel excited for it. And, yeah. and, that, and, that, and that they, they have... They have a good grasp of 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 a, of a good story and how to, how, it, how they should end. Yeah, I think as well. There's been quite a few, like you said before, quite a few comments outside the trailers that have been quite yeah. nice to hear. Um, that Hero at Sunset One by James Mangold. It's a lot of just kind of different things, but also I think what came out to me that was very um, positive was Harrison Ford saying that uh, it kind of revised the script and took out all the you know, all the age jokes um, in regards to him. And then, as well, it kind of referred to, we kind of cut out as well any jokes or any kind of things where Indiana Jones would have a weird thing happen and then go, what am I doing here or something like that. Um, In regards to kind of that, that kind of weird modern-ish humour where it comes down to um, doing something and then commenting on what you just did. Mm. (laughs) Um, where someone like something a bit weird in a in a movie and then goes, Wow, I just did this weird thing and it's kinda of like a it just kind of it's this weird kind of self referential uh humor that kind of by nature kind of is meant to pull you out the story mm-hmm. in some ways. Um and I like the idea that hasn't forced her we're not doing that in this film. Um and we did try that 
it's been cut out it's been cut out anyway um and that was going for we're doing an adventure film and not making fun out mm. of the adventure film yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense but not doing a parody or like remember when these movies were good in the past we're just doing a good one now <laughs> um so I, i'm very excited and i feel like i'm just every time i see any sort of shot or any sort of action scene in this movie i'm like this is, this is going to be great like this look this, this mm. looks good <laughs> um and yeah i'm very excited i can't I, yeah it's definitely my top three in the top three are like most ex- most anticipated films mm, i think definitely. of this year yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. very much almost in a similar way to the Guardians film. I'm very much looking forward and excited to this, but also feeling a little bit, you know, a little bit sad. <laughs> it, it feels yeah. like it's going to be yeah. some kind of ending, and you're just kind of desperately hoping that it, it goes right. I mean, I personally have never no immediate reason to worry, but you just kind of desperately want it to go well. <laughs> yeah, because you know the fourth film. We're kind of pushing it, and now in this mm. film, I feel like we're definitely pushing it. <laughs> I feel like another one just makes no sense at all. Um, so I think this one is definitely going to be an ending. Um, and it's just like, I hope it's a good ending, mm. you know? It's it's definitely worrying, but I, I don't I don't see this at least being a complete failure, if that makes sense. I feel like it's it has enough going for it that I think even if it's not the, you know great, it'll still be mm. pretty good. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just very excited, mm. really. Yeah, a lot to look forward to in that one. Um, are there any other trailers you want to kind of move on to or mention? Um, I guess we could just, cause I think every other trailer is quite mm. small and not really enough to talk about. I think we can just kind of quickly mm. go through them. Um, we got a trailer for Screen mm-hmm. 6, um, which I can't say much about because I want to see one of them, and it was the first one. Exactly the same uh, here. It was alright. Only seen the first one. They're doing well because uh, <laughs> I think they're doing well because uh, they cast General Ortega before she was famous, and now it looks like a, a purposeful move. <laughs> um, so that worked out yeah. very well for them. <laughs> then we've got Transformers: mm-hmm. uh, Rise of the Beasts. Um, I think the most fascinating thing about this thing for me was um, seeing the, the title on YouTube and it was being called Transformers <laughs> 7. And I was about, I was a bit confused because I was like, I'm positive that we, we had a whole reboot here. Um, it's kind of been, I really hope it's not a part of that universe because uh, just fresh start, just don't, don't try and meld it all together. Um, it looks good though, you know? Yeah, it's it okay. looks alright. Thanks. Yeah, it's alright. Um, I think we've got another kind of Dungeons and Dragons trailer that was very similar to the previous ones. Um, looks fun. I will go and see it and probably have mm-hmm. a good time, I'm assuming. Um, just looks like quite fun. Um, we got a bit of an extension to the, the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> um, uh, for me, I actually quite enjoyed this because we got a, they did like an animated TV advert for like mm. plumbing but with the characters like Mario, and I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good. Uh, whether that means the movie would be good, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, I think the final one, really, is just uh, Creed Free with uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan directing, which I didn't realise until now. Um, so, yeah, it's quite exciting. I like the first two. Part of um, the, um, so part of the we'll Jonathan see. Majors renaissance. Yeah, yeah, part of the whole, yeah. 
him kind of. This is definitely his era, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's his because isn't there? Um, it's, there's, there's another film with him coming out this year, isn't there? Yeah, there's what is it? It's oh my god, what yeah. is it? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big one as well. But yeah, yeah um, obviously there's Ant Man yeah. where yeah. early kind of reactions seem to be very positive on his performance. Um, not that there'd mm. be any doubt because I think he he won a lot of people over when he appeared in Loki. But yeah, this yeah. definitely yeah. feels like his moment. I've heard, I've seen several people kind of describe him almost as like a once in a generation kind of talent. Um, obviously, it remains mm. to be seen whether he will be. A lot of actors have been given that title, but um, but so far, you know, it just seems to be his era. Yeah, and he's yeah. Whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, this this music got a bit mm. better. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put this phone down and take note. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think for me that's the whole list. That's yeah, that's something I had there. Um, I think Creed's a, almost an unusual one because there's a lot going for it, but then at the same time there's there's kind of that bit of uncertainty in that it not being Ryan Coogler. And then it, but at the same time, you've got someone kind of as the director who has worked with Ryan Coogler a lot, obviously having been there for, the, for all these yeah. Creed films. It's kind of, I you know... With it being a directorial debut, there's always going to be a few questions, but I do think that it feels like a good kind of person to hand the reins over to. Because um, I, 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 I do really enjoy the two Creed films. Mm. Um, yeah, me too. It's, I, I was quite surprised that the second film worked yeah. as well as it did, because I was a bit like, well, Ryan Coogler's not there. I'm a bit worried. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's something to look forward to. <laughs> I don't think it ranks as highly as some mm. of the films, because... It's a strange sequel in that it's one you could maybe put in the category of is it really necessary? Yeah. Um, but yeah. the last two have been good, so who knows? But yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, I'd even sorry. argue that I'd even argue that the second film kind of ended it on a pretty great note where Rocky kind of officially yeah. retires. Um, and I think that kind of could be the end very easily. So mm. I don't think it can't work without him, but... Um, yeah, and also as having Michael Michael B. Jordan as the actual director, I don't have a reason from what I've seen to worry, but at the same time, it can help, help it be a bit like, oh, first time director, let's see what happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, bit kind of optimistic, but you know, I'm not particularly too hyped to be hurt if it's not mm-hmm. that good, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, those are kind of all the trailers I pinpointed beforehand. Um, yeah, so I think that about wraps how would you up, rate guess, this uh, for all the shows that came out? Um, I quite highly. <laughs> I I think the ones that were good were really good. Um, mm. I think it definitely goes for me to the quality in terms of like interest. I think it goes for me with the Flash, mm. um, then Fast X, <laughs> and then Guardians Three. Mm. <laughs> weirdly, and I think the rest are kind of just. It's nice that I got to see a bit more from them. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think those, those kind of big three uh, are mm. very good. And I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes the trailers that come out during this event can be a bit kind of a, a waste. Sometimes you kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, the trailer that already came out two months ago got re-released, I guess, with some new shots. Um, but this was very much an actual uh, new things to look at and kind of speculate about, which is nice. Mm. Um yeah, so I think was it kind of similar for you where you're like, oh, this is actually, you know, new thing. Yeah, it kind of almost snuck up on me because I think a lot of the time 
you hear about Super Bowl trailers and you kind of you very much look forward to the day but I think this one kind of slipped under the radar for me but it ended up producing some quite interesting trailers um I think I'm very much similar mm. to you in that I'd probably only make one change and maybe put Guardians as my top one because what can I say I'm a slave to Marvel um but yeah I think <laughs> the Flash and Fast X are very interesting trailers and I think they surprised me a lot with kind of what they showed and what their films could be. So, yeah, a very good Super Bowl. Still have no idea who played. Yeah. <laughs> something about Rihanna. Not, <laughs> Not playing. But there was I something think, about... I think she was pregnant. Hmm. So... I think she reveals she was pregnant. I, I, I have no idea. I'm not that culturally updated on anything <laughs> other than films. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I think that mm-hmm. wraps the whole thing up, I guess. Um, yeah, so if you have anything to say about these trailers, anything, you know, if you want to send us your kind of rankings of the trailers or anything you want to say in terms of what could be happening with The Flash, I guess, the, the kind of the big one, um, let us know uh, on Instagram at Marvel's Cinema Podcast. Um, yeah, so we're doing reviews at the moment and we did the rankings, so we'll have a look at all there. Um, but yeah, I think that's our wraps mm-hmm. up. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank uh, you very much back. for listening. Bye.